the Rad Welcome to another edition of the Rad Broadcast. I'm producer Brandon. And I'm producer Amanda. And you're listening to the Rad Rad Broadcast. Broadcast. (laughs) See, robots are taking over the broadcast now. They are. Can you believe it? Ha, 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 ha. All right, Hillary. (laughs) So yeah, that's my best Hillary impression to start off the broadcast. Yeah, robots. (laughs) Robots? Robots are taking over the world. Yes. And uh, it's funny. coming for us. It's funny how that debate came up on the regular show, um, the Rad Radio Show, that you probably found the broadcast from, because we are the producers of the Rob, Anybody, and Don show. Um, Thank you for listening. Yes. And thank you for tuning in for another episode. Um, It's just funny that we've kind of talked about this, because I've always kind of had that feeling that robots were going to take over and you know ever since terminator was a, was ever and you know came out as a movie right. i always thought oh this could totally happen, happen. <clears throat> but See, then, i didn't think that you know not no. even when terminator no, came out no i was not even not, not even on my radar okay i think that might be why i'm more desensitized towards the idea of robots taking over because i'm just seeing it happen so quickly yeah and you've been thinking that since you since seen. i saw the terminator and robocop RoboCop, of course, great example. But that's more that's more of just a man with robot prosthetics than artificial intelligence. Because right. there's still the man in there. And that's what that's what makes that character so so interesting because um he's part robot but also human on the inside. Yeah. Um <laughs> all human on the inside. <laughs> you know, I think he got his dick blown off by all those shotguns. <laughs> that is one of the most coolest grittiest murder scenes that you've seen it right yeah the beginning when when the when the guy red foreman from that 70s <laughs> yes. show and his gang they all come out with shotguns and just blow this guy to pieces <laughs> that's one of the coolest oh, coolest kill that scenes is the shit that we watched when we were little exactly like. <laughs> we turned out okay yeah we did we just did. fine um but i but you think about it more and you, you hear people like elon musk warning us all that ai is going to take over it and we is, we hear of all these programmers that are pulling the plugs on on their certain variations of artificial intelligence and they're like yeah don't do this pull the plug as soon as you can mm-hmm. but it's too late to pull the plug it is it, it really it, is since because everything is interconnected and because everything is is connected into the cloud mm-hmm. everything's connected so yeah. All it takes is one smart machine to figure that out, that everything is connected, and it will... Oh, ru- fuck. Like, think about it. I've been thinking about this more recently because oh, we've been no. having this conversation. Oh, no. You'll be sitting there on your computer, browsing through Facebook or purchasing Etsy bull crap that you yeah, would do. Yeah. I don't know, whatever you yeah, do. Yeah, I do. Etsy, um, I, I should remove <clears throat> that app off my phone. I fucking purchased too much. All of a sudden, boxes are going to pop up and then saying, hello, Amanda. No! And it'll take over your mouse, it'll take over your cursor, and it'll start no. doing things for you. Well, what I just fucking thought of when you said that is, God damn it, all of our goddamn fucking medical records are online. Yep, everything is all online. Oh. Yeah. Nothing sacred in your, your bank account. You know, everything. All, all, all of our funds are going to go away. Our li- our utilities, they're going to take those over. Uh, so we, we should... won't have any control. of It's going to basically... Dumb down society to the the dark ages unless you have an in with the with the with the elite, which will be the robots. So we got to get Bitcoin. There you go. Yeah. Start mining for Bitcoin. 
Oh my God. I, I tried, I tried to understand all that and I still kind of don't understand it, right. but I get it. And I, I don't know enough about economics, global economics, or even, I, I don't know enough to even have an opinion on this. People have written in the show because I'm the tech guy on the show that I should have some sort of knowledge on this. And I just have one friend, one of my closest and smartest friends who's actually very savvy although he said he's invested in like rare minerals and stuff and it never re- went anywhere but he was mm-hmm. saying that's like the next thing right you know right where rare minerals are the stuff that they're that's used to make like iphones and all of the computer technology yeah. basically what robots are going to mine for yeah. <laughs> after they're done mining for humans yes um eating us. <laughs> he he's lost so much money in the stock market and yeah, so i, I think that's imagine. that's not why i've taken any of his advice but his advice is so outlandish and out there he's talked about bitcoin he's installed these apps on my phone so that i can watch the market and, and say he just says put put a couple hundred dollars in man in, in a week in a week I, t- I i swear to god in a week it'll it'll change your life and i don't know where he stands at this point but i think he's more of like the conspiracy theorist things are going to happen things are going to take over mm-hmm. and he's trying to get in before the going's good i have a family member that's like that and on thanksgiving and talks about how we need to invest in bitcoin i mean like 3 4 years ago talking about bitcoin and i'm not i, I, I logically i can see how it makes sense but the market is so volatile I'll, that like why would you want to i don't know it's just so risky you yeah. know but then I listened to my homie and your homie, Joe Rogan, and he's got a... He's woke. He is woke. That <laughs> motherfucker's woke. But he, he talks about Bitcoin like on his uh, promotions and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, well, Joe Rogan's talking about it. I mean, I think he he's enlightened more than I am. Yeah, and he's, he, pretty, he backs up anything you know that he believes in and he's not just hawking it for the money yeah he's getting money for what he's hawking but he wouldn't hawk it unless he believed in it and yeah Yeah. i i think that there's some credibility behind that i just don't know enough about it yeah and i I know enough that the country is in debt and we're Mm -hmm. printing money that doesn't exist anymore and we're all basically in debt and credit and all that and I don't know if it's going to make any difference. Like I in it, in the long run if Bitcoin is the only way that we can exchange goods, then that's the next dollar. But yeah. I just don't see that happening in our in I don't know, maybe in the next 10 years. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Who that fucking knows. Maybe man. that will be the way that we combat artificial intelligence. Like they'll take artificial intelligence will take over the banking system because it's already in place and that's what we rely on. And maybe Bitcoin is the way of humans still transacting, although it's online still. Yeah, I don't See? know. Ugh. It's all it's connected fucking, on the when you computers. you start thinking about it, like I can go down that fucking wormhole forever and it freaks me the fuck out. And I mean, literally, if I start thinking about it, I can get fucking freaked out. So I just try to be present in the moment. <laughs> Depressed. <laughs> yeah. Make make sure the sun is still shining outside and it's not gray clouds from nuclear fallout. <laughs> yeah. Deep breath. Well, and I, so this, two things kind of freak me out sometimes. Um, so my son, the Padawan, he is continuously asking me, mom, why do sometimes people's voices sound like robots? I hear robots. Like your voice sounds like a robot. But he's got like this weird thing in his ear, th- I think, like going on. Auto tune built into his ear. I don't know. He's got, okay, so ever since he was an infant, and I'm talking about infant, maybe six months old, 
I had looked in his ear, and when he breathes in and out of his nose, his um, you know the tra- you know what a tragus is, right? Like the flap part of your ear, the the part that connects your lobe with your head. Yeah, like that will get. In, oh, is that the flap that's like this part right here? It, it's like the uh, the wind blocker for your <laughs> ear hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the spoiler. So when he breathes in and out of his nose, sometimes I will watch it when he's talking. Um, it will like inflate, <laughs> and then it will go back. So I think that has some. What? Yeah, it's it's connected to his sinuses. I don't know. Have you had the doctor look uh, at yeah, it? Yeah, and the doctors. No, I have a video of it somewhere. It's fucking crazy. Are you sure it's not just moving it? Dude, I'll take a video of it and have you watch it. It's so it's like he has fucking gills. So I think that affects his goddamn hearing. Weird. Yeah, and Are then, you sure he's just not hearing Siri on your phone or listening to like you know how on on YouTube, because I know your kid watches a lot of YouTube. Yeah, he does. They'll have uh robots basically transcribe full text mm-hmm. so that they can put it put audio to video. Now is that what he's talking about? No, it's not what he's talking he's about. He's talking about just people yeah, talking he's in like, person. Mom, your voice sounds like a robot. Why does it sound like a robot? I'm like, I don't fucking know what you're talking about, dude. See, that's weird because it's one of those things like hearing and in, in, in sight you can't really... Well, sight you could probably test more for because you could you can physically put something in front of them and, and you can see the differences of what they're seeing. But when it comes to audio, you can't like record... How they're hearing it, so no. you can then like play it back and go, "Oh, that's what you're hearing." Yeah, and so for for me, I know it freaked me out from a really young age, probably around four. I've Excuse had <laughs> I've had super bad tinnitus, which is the ringing in your ears, and I've had that since I was young. Yeah, so I kind of just learned to ignore it. Um, and sometimes it's worse than others, but that I remember that freaking me out when I was a kid hmm. and asking my grandma, why does it sound like a <laughs> phone is ringing all the time? <laughs> <laughs> like it just, I don't know. And, um, the other thing that has tripped me out since I was little, and this is really like just a fucked up thing that I can't explain. I've tried to explain it to eye doctors and it's not, they don't really get what I'm saying, but. The only way I can describe it, and this is since I've been a young child, is, you know, when you look at a computer screen or a TV screen and you can see the little pixels? Yeah. Well, I have that in my vision sometimes. Hmm. If I really concentrate and it will be like red and green and white and blue um, little dots. Hmm. And I tried to explain it to my mom when I was younger and they just thought I was like having some sort of like PTSD, you know, and I can't describe it to anybody, but it just. Is it almost like lens flares? No, 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 no. It's just like if you were to look. You could see the dots between the colors. It's like red and white and blue. I mean, I can see it right now. And And if I start to focus on it, it will flip me the fuck out. So and that's been since I've been a young child and it's not I can't describe it to anybody because I can't take my eyeball out and show you what I'm exactly. seeing, right. you know? So that's kind of like what you're saying with the audio stuff. It's like you can't describe it to hmm. anybody, but it's fucking weird. And that's why I get tripped out about the matrix and all that stuff because. Yeah. Everything around us is a simulation and, and it, yeah. the glitches will, it, will reveal the screens and, behind. And, and I have nightmares about that shit. Yeah. Like I had nightmares that I turned into, like I was running up a parking garage and then, I realized that I was in a video game 
And then I jumped off the the parking garage. And, you know, normally when you jump off a, something like a ledge or whatever in the video game, you die. So Not I was, in the Matrix. Yeah, well, in, well, in the thing, I died. And I was oh. like, oh! <laughs> so I, I've totally died in my sleep. Oh, that's funny. I'm, I'm going to segue into an email that we just got this morning prior oh, okay. to this recording that has to do with dreams. And similar to what you were saying about the... Um, you know, driving off the cliff, you you have this you have this uh, innate nature that oh. when you're driving along, you want to like yeah, yeah. just drive yourself into a wall. Yeah, and, somebody. What did what somebody say that, that uh, some, filling the void? or yeah, something like filling, that? filling the void. So, something like that. Yeah. But uh, I got this email from Tracy. She doesn't need to have her name withheld. Mm. Nothing too dirty in here. Um, she says, "Hi, Brandon and Amanda. Hello." I had a dream a few months ago that I was driving with my husband and some friends. I was the one at the wheel, uh, just to be clear. And suddenly I drove us off of a cliff and I was outside. And I, then I was outside of the car, quickly falling, to, falling toward the ground. Oh, shit. I could vividly see the ground getting closer and closer and was preparing for impact, hoping that it would be quick and I wouldn't feel much. Then I woke up feeling very ominous and spooked out by the dream. But I moved on with my life. Putting that in the back of my head is just a weird dream, as mm-hmm. you do, because you can't do anything. Yeah. You'll be freaked out for a couple of hours, and you forget about your dream, and mm-hmm. you just move on. Last night, I had another dream that I was in the car, driving with my husband and our friends. We don't have kids, thank goodness. And I drove over this hill where the other side of the hill was not visible. Next thing I know, I'm outside of the car again, falling to the ground as it rushes towards Fuck. me. And I think to myself, my God, I've killed us all. <laughs> Again, I was bracing for impact, hoping it would be quick and painless. Should I be worried? You hear about people that have reoccurring dreams, and then later they seem to come true in way, in a way, or in one way or another. Jesus Christ, we're not a read, Brandon. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. I am deathly afraid of heights, so this freaks me out to no end. What are your thoughts? Thank you. Love your show. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Um, so when you were having these dreams about the matrix and the glitches and stuff like this, is that similar to the feeling that you have when you're driving on the road? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. I, you know, it all comes down to, it's just like anxiety based stuff. And I definitely have an issue with mortality. Mm. And I think that that comes from. I think it's this PTSD from my my uh, mom seeing my mom dead at such a young age. Um, so I have I'm afraid of dying, like in the most biggest way. That's my biggest fear, and I don't want to be afraid of it because I know it's gonna it's coming for me. I'm gonna mm-hmm. die, you mm-hmm. know. Everybody dies, but um, I just I think all of that shit that I dream about is just centered around anxiety around dying there's a huge generalization that you can make with most dreams and and interpretations um but i've had the falling dreams before i've had the the gaining momentum kind of like being in a car Mm -hmm. and um just flying and that feeling that you that you would imagine it would feel be like a roller coaster with your stomach turning upside down and Mm -hmm. and you can kind of feel the inertia of of the energy that that you're going in that direction in Mm -hmm. your dream Mm -hmm. and then you you hit and it's just a hit like you don't even feel any pain there's no impact it's just like a Mm -hmm. and then most of the time for me it just goes into another dream or it will startle me awake and i'll just be like oh man oh Oh, that was a close one, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. that's, then that'll be it. Yeah. And then I'll analyze and I'll go, okay, 
what's going on in my life. And mm -hmm. usually it is like stress induced uh, mm -hmm. type of stuff. I did a little quick uh, Google search here. So <clears throat> usually and this is kind of what I'm thinking that uh, the letter writer Tracy was going through. Um, it is noted that most often, however, dreaming about falling is the mind symbolic way of alerting the dreamer to a situation in their waking life where they feel out of control or things are quite literally going quickly downhill. So, yeah. you know, just not having control and I guess the downhill uh, comparison of you falling somewhere, um, maybe you, maybe you, maybe this is all manifesting in your own mind. Like you, you think you don't have control of a situation. You think that you're bringing down your family or whoever mm -hmm. you were riding in the car with. And maybe that's just your kind of insecurities manifesting themselves in a dream. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, a lot of my my anxiety stuff in my dreams because I, I mean my nightmares they're not like a monster chasing me it's that i'm out of control in some mm -hmm. fashion um and i think that comes from being so not in control as a child um at least that's kind of what i'm gathering from my therapy mm -hmm. um and so being not in control is super scary to me so that's most of what my anxiety dreams are based off of i did it happened to me though i don't know i'm sure you had this happen i just this weekend i had the fucking i accidentally started drinking you know like somebody oh, in your me, dream yeah yeah and then i got shit-faced in my dream and i woke up and i was like what the fuck did i do yeah. i just fucked up everything and then i was like oh it's just a dream but it took me a while yeah. to realize that it was a dream that is so relatable because i i still have those dreams today and yeah. i'm like 300 and days yeah almost Jeez. a year Christ, damn um and yeah it, it's weird because in the dream you'll smell it you'll taste you'll it. taste it you'll yeah. feel it like uh -huh. you'll feel the effects of being drunk in your dream and you'll wake up and it's thank god it's it's not true because mm -hmm. i mean when you have this goal and you, the, the idea of me right now just going out after recording this broadcast and having a, a beer upsets me because mm -hmm. like, I, I know I have this goal, but I know that I don't want to feel that way and let myself down. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that feeling of, of letting yourself down when you wake up from one of those dreams is like, God damn it. What did I do? Yeah, I you know. know? It, yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is let yourself down. That's the, the worst feeling in the world. And yeah. you know, we've all felt it before and we don't want to feel it again. Exactly. Um, but I, my brain has been tricking me lately. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, you know, you made it to two months. Why don't you just go to six? Don't do the whole year. And I'm like, no, dude, I fucking want to do the year. Like, that's what I want to prove to myself. Yeah. But I, you know, I start having those no negotiation talks with myself. And then that's when I have the fucking anxiety dream about yeah. I drink. You that's know? funny because I did that same thing. I was about six months and I thought, mm -hmm. you know, things were going really well and mm -hmm. everything was being received really well. I, I was I wasn't having any issues personally or mm -hmm. professionally or anything mm -hmm. and i thought you know six months mm -hmm. that's a good time right yeah and then i just immediately snapped out of it and thought no fuck just do the year man like, yeah don't, it's don't, just a year don't be a pussy exactly it's yeah. just a year but you know some people they they, they can't mm -hmm. and it's just not your time and hopefully you don't make 
too bad of a decision if you've gone that far and and you you go down the road of binging and and getting all unhealthy again but yeah there's we're human we're gonna make mistakes we're gonna trip up um i'm just grateful that i've made it this far and yeah i encourage those that are trying to still to get there i I, fuck it's literally a month and a half yeah that's so until a year that's so great fuck it feels weird it feels good but it it feels weird um because i kind of want to keep it going yeah you know and that's what i was saying last last week when we recorded the podcast and we were talking about the non-alcoholic stuff. If I find that that fake champagne, mm-hmm. it tastes good enough, I really have no desire to drink again. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like I've had a nice meal and I want a nice glass of wine. That's the That's only it. thing. And, and I, you know, of course, fucking now that I'm not drinking, I'm seeing all these, uh, you know, reports pop up about the benefits of red wine and, of you know, and all that. And so red wine, I think, would be the only thing that I would allow myself here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I really have no desire to get fucked up. And I mean, I want to drink just because I like the I like a beer with sushi or tacos mm-hmm. and I like red wine with my steak. Mm-hmm. You know, like those are the things that I and, and other than that, I have no desire. There's something to be said about pairing booze with food yeah there's something about it and also not only the benefits of the flavors and the pairings Mm -hmm. but just the camaraderie that comes along with eating a nice meal with with friends or family Mm -hmm. and enjoying a nice wine together yes there's something to be said about that and and feeling there's a reason why they call spirits spirits is because it it livens your spirits Mm -hmm. and it's not supposed to ruin your life. It's just supposed to boost your spirits a little bit. So if if you drink it as it's intended in moderation and uh, with control, then there's nothing wrong with it. Oh no, absolutely. And that's, that's where I'm at now in my mind. Yeah. And when I, when I reach that year mark, that's how exactly how I will treat it. Yeah. It will be solely for the purposes of, you know, getting together with friends mm-hmm. over a nice meal or even a holiday, you know? Yeah. And at first my wife and I are on the same journey and we've made this pact basically that once we do hit that year mark, we're going to just do Fridays and Saturdays in the evenings with food. That's yeah. it. That's and how I we're going to start. Great. I yeah. think that's great. I just know, I think I need the year to develop my self-control yeah. again yeah. because I have that just let's go crazy you know thing i have i don't go like oh i'm having a drink now i'm tipsy and i'm just gonna ride this buzz Mm -hmm. no once i get that first wave of the buzz i'm like yeah fuck yeah let's do shots exactly (laughs) i can't be that person anymore that's where i was when i started and i think i think a year is a good uh gauge to 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 let yourself really reflect and think about those Mm -hmm. things because You'll treat it a different way when you when you recognize how how first how easy it is to still have a good time without it, and also how healthy you can be without it. And I, I honestly, like right now, I, I'm almost to the point where I get anxious if I don't do something physical. Oh, and that's great. Be- before, when I was drinking, that was the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And it, and that, I know that some people can go out and run marathons and then go out and have a bender on a weekend that I'm not built like that. I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and booze just slows me down and I don't want to, I want to be able to fine tune my machine. I want to get to the point where 
I can go and run a marathon every year or a half marathon every year just because I want to, not mm-hmm. because it's a goal for that year to get fit to that point where I could do it. I just right. want to be, I want to get to that point where I'm fine tuned and I'm not having to go to the hospital every, every week because I got something aching and pain in because mm-hmm. dude, I just went to my first chiropractor appointment in the last week mm-hmm. because I, I had, I had thrown out my back while I was moving Oh, and I didn't, shit. and I didn't, I like it, it threw my back out to the point where I had to lie down on my back for hours. Mm-hmm. Like it was awful. And this was all in the middle of the moving process. So fortunately I had, uh, my, my mother-in-law, she's, she deals with all these aches and pains and groans and she's got, you know, knee problems, back problems, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's got the, she's got the cocktails. She knows exactly mm-hmm. what it takes in order to ail, uh, to take care of your ailing pain. Um, and so she wrapped me up with the back brace and gave me some, gave me some muscle relaxers for the nighttime and, mm-hmm. and I was good to go. Um, but I can't live with that back pain. So I, so she recommended me to this, uh, chiropractor who does kinesiology. Yes. Kinesiology. Yes. I've had that. Kinesiology. Kinesiology. I've had that before. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you what, it has changed my life. Like Mm -hmm. I I never knew back pain until I threw my back out and I I swear to God, I always kind of just scoffed it off. Like, Oh, I'll never have that. I'll never have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. But Jesus Christ, that was the worst pain I had ever been in. Mm-hmm. Um, but after seeing this chiropractor, it's changed, it's changed my, my way of thinking once again, like not, right. if not quitting, quitting booze was already kind of a, a kick in my ass to, to become healthy and take care of myself more. This is another one because I don't want to have to go back to the chiropractor every week to get adjusted because I'm not taking care of myself. Right. Cause I'm now at that point where my body's not just going to repair Bounce itself right on back. Its, no right. I, I gotta fine-tune this machine you know yeah i i went to a kinesiologist after a huge car accident and i rolled my car down i-5 it was fucking horrible um and man those that those people those people uh that are you know kinesiologists it fucking blew my goddamn mind yeah i walked in the room the, like the second time and he told me, or he was like, uh, what's going on with your kidney? Uh, he just could s- just sense it? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, I just got over a kidney infection. <laughs> so it was like, it was really fucking crazy. Yeah, they're, they're, they're borderline energy workers. Oh, yeah, They won't sure. push that on, at least the guy that I go to. He does not push that on you at all. He mm-hmm. just says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This this is what we're dealing with. And he, he breaks it down very technically. Mm-hmm. But he's so quick. He's like, boom, 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 boom. And, and I love the neck crack. The neck mm-hmm. crack was, I don't know, some people get, are afraid of it. Yeah, because yeah. they've seen too many uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies right. where their necks get broken. Uh, but I fucking love that. Oh, God. And it's then, like almost orgasmic. Yeah, the middle back one. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting excited to go there today because <laughs> I'm going to get the neck. I'm going to get the lower back. I'm going to get, oh, neck, I can't my wait. Back. My, my pussy, pussy and, and my, my crack. crack. <laughs> Nice. Hashtag Lil Kim. Yeah. I I can't remember. Uh, Whatever. Don't write. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just gonna go listen to that that song after this now. Yeah. Um. What were we talking about? I don't know. Mm, Back problems. Being old. Sobriety. Energy work. Sobriety. So you uh, you had a party over the weekend. I did. And you didn't drink. I didn't. Good. Nobody drank, actually. That's and well, I even sent out a thing like BYOB. I'm not drinking, but you can do whatever you want because there was a, you know, it was my son's seventh birthday party. So it would be weird if people were like partying up and kegging it up, right? 
No, it wouldn't bother me. No, I, you know, I because it's a party for the parents and the kids. Yeah, yeah, and I so I kind of felt bad because we were supposed to have a bounce house on Saturday for the kids, so that was like my main idea to give them something to do. The big event. Yeah, yeah. but then for li- liability reasons, they couldn't bring the bounce house because it there was like a thirty percent chance of rain or forty percent chance of rain. So huh. you know those things get plugged in. So they can't be having something plugged in when it's going to fucking rain. Yeah, and they're not going to br- bring out a generator. They don't have, yeah. like, gas generators for those e- things. Yeah, no, no. And so uh, so I felt bad, and I kind of wish that the uh, <laughs> adults had, would have brought, brought their own alcohol because then I would feel like they weren't bored, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's a lot of pressure when you put on the party because you want it to be enjoyable for everybody, my fucking son, he's usually never like this, but he just was wound up on Kool-Aid and fucking candy and cookies and everything else. And so he's running around just being crazy and kind of talking to his dad and to me, like the demanding-ish kind of. Oh, kind of turning into the little like sweet 16 show-off-y. diva. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was kind of like show-off-y. And then... And he's only... He's just turned seven, He right? just turned seven. And oh my gosh. Uh, fuck... If he didn't do exactly the opposite that I told him. So before the party, before everybody got there, I was like, you need to make sure that you say thank you for all the gifts and like, you know, you need to open the cards and all that stuff and not just, you know, rip through everything and say what's next. Mm -hmm. If he didn't fucking do that, basically. He said, okay, what's next? After No, 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 no. He didn't didn't do that. But there was, you know, he's. A couple of people got him pajamas, and he was like, mm, I got pajamas. Oh, yeah. And he just was not saying thank you for it. And mm. then the and, and then one of his little friends wrote love and then her name. And he, she was, and he got freaked out and was, like, pissed off that he she wrote love because, you know, they're not boyfriend and girlfriend. So why are you writing love? Oh, no. You know, like How that. How embarrassing. Kind of... Was the girl there? Yes. Oh, poor thing. And so I was. I was embarrassed, and then his dad came over and like whispered in my ear, and he was like, "If this shit continues, we, you know, we need to take care of it." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah." What are you gonna do? Sure. Cut, cut off the party. Well, send everybody home. What happened next is then his, my sister-in-law and brother, had given him like a Minecraft doll and then two books, um, and he basically like kind of chucked the book on the ground and if i couldn't fucking get up quicker grab him by the the shoulder and like you're coming here you know i did the whole like i pulled him i like i did not fucking care if everybody was sitting around doing the watching the presents i took him and fucking took him in the bathroom and he got a talking to so yeah yeah, it's just embarrassing when fucking kids act like that yeah i mean and i know they're all parents so they understand but I really haven't had that experience with my son yet. You yeah. Know? So it was just super, super embarrassing. It's tough. Yeah. So then. But it's a teachable moment. And I yeah. I remember when I was young, probably seven, mm-hmm. five, six, seven, something like yeah. that. And I was I was still um, kind of a city boy in my grandparents' eyes. My grandparents grew up in the middle of nowhere up in uh-huh. Georgetown. So, you know, they're they're the country folk. Yeah. And I was still the city boy because I hadn't just I hadn't quite moved up to the Georgetown area yet. I uh-huh. I was born in Sacramento and I, I I went to Sacramento schools until I was in first grade. Mm-hmm. Kind of important the story, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I was acting like a little brat. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, we were, we were visiting my grandparents up at their house in Georgetown. And I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I was throwing a tantrum. I just, I wasn't getting what I wanted or something. And my grandpa in front of everybody grabs my arm, like grabs, just grabs it and pulls my arm up just to kind of like get my mm-hmm. attention and not really out of my socket worthy. No, that's, I know what that move is. Yeah. That kid move where you grab, just grab up it and straight up yeah. and just to uh-huh. be like, look at me. I'm about to say something very important to you. Yeah. And I'm not going to let go until you're done until I'm done. Yeah. And he, he said something to the effect of that. This is not how we act in Georgetown. This is not how we act in front of our family. Yeah. Something like that. And uh-huh. I, it scared the living shit out of me and i was the most well-behaved kid ever since and sometimes it takes those scary moments in front of people Mm -hmm. that shaming thing Mm -hmm. public shaming should be a way of of discipline yes yeah there's i was listening to a uh, special with uh, ricky gervais on one of the uh one of the xm stations he does Mm -hmm. like these special like podcasts and things on xm and uh he he had a guest on who wrote a book about um, basically this public shaming and how it works for discipline. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, city in uh, Peru, I think, that actually used mimes to mimic people when they broke the law to publicly shame them. Oh, shit. So like if there was somebody that was jaywalking, they would the mime would see that go up to the person, confront them and like taunt the person mm-hmm. and mock them for breaking the law and apparently like this method was effective so they like it actually worked to just to publicly shame people yeah i'm all about yeah i'm all about that you know that to a degree i think people can take it too far but you know uh, there's that meme or something on the internet where you see um the dad wearing the booty shorts Mm -hmm. and and it's like ask my daughter if these are appropriate or something something like that and he's walking around with her in the mall or somewhere. At least he's ridiculing himself. Right. You know, and right. I think it that's the fine line. Like if yeah. you if you if you get to the point where you're ridiculing your child or a child mm-hmm. to the point where it's like borderline mentally abusive. Yeah. Like like putting somebody in an outfit that is absolutely inappropriate and parading mm-hmm. them around and saying this is my slut or something. Right. Totally inappropriate. But for the dad to to be, you know, Example five never fun at himself, kind yeah, of. He's pointing out the absurd by being absurd type right. of thing, mm-hmm. and that's uh, yeah, I, I think that that kind of stuff could be effective. I do too, yeah, I yeah. absolutely do too. So it'll be interesting to see how your kid acts at the next party, or yeah, or whatever. well, I'm not giving him a party next year. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. you don't get a party, no, I mean, it's not that like I don't want him to have a party, but this was his golden birthday, so I feel like okay, that was great. Um, I didn't end it, you know, I, I was feeling so much guilt about, you know, we had talked about, um, taking him out to dinner and like, I couldn't really, you know, Benihana for five people. It's like a $200 idea. And that's just kind of ludicrous to me. Um, not, not the rapper ludicrous, (laughs) Uh, but you know, I was, so I ended up, and you had mentioned doing Chevys, which I thought was a great idea. Yeah, you get the sombrero. And... Yeah, and I thought that was a great idea. But you know what? We just ended up doing pizza and cake at home, and it was that's awesome. totally fine. Yeah. You know, he didn't care. He just wanted his family around. He's seven. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I was like, fucking stop 
feeling guilty about this shit, yeah. you know? So, but next year I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to do the party and all that stuff, but we could do a Chevy's there or maybe go. we could do a Benny Hunter or something yeah. and just have that be the celebration, like eating dinner with your family. I and mean, maybe like a couple of select friends that, yeah, that can afford to go with you yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe, yeah, exactly. But so that's kind of how I did things at that age. Just because that's the only way I can relate to your son is mm -hmm. because I was once a son too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't have kids and I don't plan on to. Yeah. But, um, the uh, the the birthday parties like that kind of ended around eight eight years old, right? And, and it kind of turned into the more um, exclusive things. So mm -hmm. like I'd have one or two friends join me, and yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Benny Hanna because that ultimately turned into my my family tradition, tradition. with my mom uh -huh. to go to Benny Hanna for at least. Her birthday or my birthday. It was like, right. we. I think we alternated a couple of years. Yeah. That was yeah. good times. <sighs> that was good times. That's when we were younger. Do you still listen to podcasts? Yes. I'm actively listening to, well, I had um, fell behind on Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. And so I'm catching back up on him. It's easy to do. Yeah. He does a lot. He does. And they're so long. They you are. Know, you really have to commit yeah. <laughs> two hours. Yeah. But I love him, and he just makes me feel better about the world, and I love I love that. But, Gives us hope. Yeah, but I do have to come clean about something about my podcast. Uh oh. So have you been leading us down a dirty down a dark road? <laughs> no, I just I was. So, Did you commit murder? <laughs> no. Oh, okay, good. I was so dismissive when people had uh, recommended Sword and Scale. Mm. Um, because I did listen some, so somebody back when I first t started talking about, I love murder podcasts, um, they said, you should listen to sword and scale, but don't ever listen to episode 20. And so what did I fucking do? Listen to episode 20. Right. It's uh, like when, uh, <laughs> two girls in one cup came out, they said, Hey, don't watch it. Yeah. First thing you're going to do. You watch it. Yeah. Don't Google blue waffle. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You just said it. Yeah. Now a ton of people are going to go up and Google Blue Waffle. Well, you got me on You're that. You're welcome. I had never even heard of that You're fucking thing. You're welcome. Enjoy or then, it. then what's the other thing? The goat fee or whatever? Or whatever oh, the uh, fucking, whatever that goat, thing is. Goat. Oh, I don't remember. No, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up while you're telling your story. Um, yeah, so... I listened to the episode 20 first thing and uh, it was fucking horrible and really, really graphic and vivid. And I just thought it was done and I just thought it was like explo exploiting this horrible crime that happened to, I mean, spoiler alert, this ventriloquist guy is in this weird pedophile fucking crazy ring and he, he's talking to other people in chat groups about hunting poor kids and cooking them and eating them and how delicious they are. And it is fucking crazy. And this was proven right like the, was he actually doing yeah, this yeah 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 well that's I don't know. the terrifying See, part I don't if know it's if actually he, true i don't know if he actually did it or i mean he, he he was talking to people online about it in chat rooms like this fucking weird fucked up circle of people um but i don't know if they can prove if it actually happened or if they were just talking about a like murder fantasy camp type yeah. of thing so anyways, but it was fucking horrible. Because they go into detail about what he was talking about, right? They, well, what they do is they have two robot people read the text back oh, and forth. Right. And so you're hearing what they're actually writing back and forth to each other. And it's so fucking horrible. 
So that turned me off to that podcast. And I'm like, no, I have no interest in that. You don't want to hear about how some guy's going to feed off the poor kids? No. Cooking them up? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't want to hear about that because I'm like, I just don't need that in my brain space. That's fair. But I can't remember why I... Oh, somebody had mentioned on a different podcast that I was listening to or something that there was a good episode that Sword and Scale did about the White House boys. And so I'm like, yeah. who's the White House boys? They're these group of kids that were sent to this uh, boys institution in Florida that were brutally abused. Um, they, it was, you know, supposed to be like a reform school. Well, it was like a fucking torture school. And um, the White House is where they would go to line up to get their beatings. And then... The, Not the actual White House. It was a White no, House in Florida. it was a White House, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, the reason why it was relevant is because, I guess, recently, in the not-too-distant past, um, they found a whole bunch of dead kid bodies. Around so, the White House? Yeah, like oh, there was a graveyard no. where kids just disappeared. And, Fuck. Yeah. So it was really. And they were troubled youth, so really yes. nobody really cared exactly. too much. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. And so um, I listened to that podcast on Sword and Scale, and the way he, he did it was fucking brilliant and beautiful. And he's not trying to exploit people, mm-hmm. you know, from what I can tell. He's. He, it's just a really good podcast. So I recant my hating of that podcast. I've gone back, I've listened to a bunch of them. That podcast actually made me get this book. Um, it's called The White House Boys, an American Tragedy, and it's told by one of the survivors of that fucking institution. Wow. And uh, it was really great. I got I listened to, you know, the audiobook of it, and it was great. So I don't hate Sword and Scale. Sorry, folks, for recommend, that recommended it, and I was dismissive. It's great. Uh, I will continue to listen to it. That's cool. It's just as long as they don't have another episode like that. And if they do, you'll just get just, past it. Yeah. Just yeah. get out of it. If it's if it's horribly graphic, I mean, there are some that are pretty graphic, talking about their sexual abuse and and uh, domestic violence and shit like that. Within sword and scale, not yes. just not just other. Because I can imagine that they can get pretty graphic on other podcasts too. Oh yeah, absolutely. The regulations on it. Yeah, yeah. No, they do. But you know, some of it is good. It's good to hear, and it's a good reminder of the fucking evils that are out there. Is it though? I mean, you can kind of <laughs> just turn on the news and see how awful the how awful the world is. Do you need yeah. to be told in great detail about I don't know. how? There's a part of me that likes hearing about the way these fucked up people's minds works, and I guess so I can make sure that my mind doesn't break. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't you're know. looking for the key. You're looking. You're looking for the 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 barrier on on how to keep out of that state of mind. Well, I like hearing about the um, you know, the behavioral patterns, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times these serial killers or whatever they have um, horrible childhoods, but they but but a common thread throughout all of them is a lot of them have major head trauma at a young age um, or, you know, major head injury. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, I just like to, I like to hear about all that stuff. Ah, the human condition. Yeah. It's all interesting, isn't it? Uh Um, On the vein of podcasts, we've been told that we're not doing our job yet again. Oh, Um, damn. But from Dan, he says, in all of the recommendations or podcasts to listen to, I haven't heard anyone mention Mike Rose podcast the way I heard it. 
Have mm. either of you tried it? I think he does a great job telling these stories, and I love the twist reveal at the end of each episode. I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it. I think I checked it out. So this is my problem. And I'll check it out. Okay. Um, But I like longer podcasts. So his are like 25 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that was just the one that I saw. I don't know. But I like the longer ones, which... You know, um, NPR does a really good show called StoryCorps, and I and I love StoryCorps, but oftentimes I don't listen to it because I'm like, I want more than 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I could just have them on the play, the autoplay next thing. Yeah, I could see why why you like the longer ones, because <laughs> we all know why you like the longer ones. Yes. Uh, but you want to get lost. You want to get, get lost yep. in it for a duration of time. It's like mm-hmm. getting sitting down in front of the TV and getting lost in your stories. It's yep. just another way of doing that, right? Yeah. An escape. Yeah. Um, Mike Rose, he, he, I, I, I love the guy. I, I probably won't listen to the podcast just because, I like Amanda, I just don't really have an interest in, in it. I mean, not to say you don't have an interest in it. I just don't think I'll have an interest in it mm-hmm. because... I know what Mike Rowe does. I mm-hmm. I follow him on Facebook. I read all of his Facebook posts, which are extremely long. So if you want to see something long of Mike oh. Rose, just go to his posts on Facebook. Okay. Um, and I, I know what he stands for. Mm-hmm. He, he's uh, you know he's all for the betterment of of America and and the working class and mm-hmm. and getting more people in vocational jobs. Maybe I'm just I, maybe I'm compartmentalizing my perception of Mike Rowe and saying. It's not for me because I feel like it's just going to be a, a political uh, promotion for his foundation type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I did the same thing with Joe Rogan. I totally wrote him off because I'm like, he's just a meathead MMA guy. What the fuck? I don't, you know. And then I gave the podcast a chance uh, and fucking fell in love with the guy. And yeah. I think he is like the key to the universe for yeah. me, you know, sometimes. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I just need to give it a shot and uh, eat my words. Mm. Maybe I'll do that. Mm. Yeah. Um, last week, we discussed the new TV. Yes. And uh, how uh, I I gave you the 82-inch the TV that was handed down to me from Rob. Yes. Um, and now you've had it for a couple of weeks, and you're still enjoying it? Yeah, it's, and... It's still working? It's still working. Okay, it's good. working perfectly. Right. Um, and so... For the Padawan's birthday, because he is spoiled, um, he got a Nintendo Switch. What? Yes. Man, he is spoiled. Yes, he is. That's awesome, though. But it was a gift from uh, me and from his dad and from uh, my mom and my stepdad. Oh, cool. So, like, we all pitched in That's to get awesome. in this thing. That's the way to do it. Yeah. And so, uh, during birthday, when everybody's kind of, you know, they were done playing outside, we did the pinata and all that stuff, uh, I... After the gifts, I hooked it up, oh, and right uh, so the kids could start to play it. And that thing is fucking amazing on that TV. Did you did you give it to him during the gift time, and then and then set it up so that it was ready for them to play, or was that like a surprise after the after everything? Like, did you set it up and then surprise him with it? Oh is what no, I'm no, no, no! I uh, I gave it to him. He unwrapped it. And okay. then once he unwrapped it, I set it up. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's cool on that on that big ass TV. Yeah, everything's cool on that big ass TV. It really is. So he got uh, Mario Odyssey, which he really loves, and then Mario Kart Deluxe or whatever. Yeah. Um. So well, I think it's just Mario Kart. 
No, the one I got was the deluxe. The deluxe version. Uh-huh. Mm. Yes. All right. <laughs> it came with it, I think. And so I we're going to play that today. But I've been watching. I mean, him and his brothers have been playing it all weekend. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it looks so great on that TV. I, I mean, I still... I bragged about that TV during the party. I'm like, what do you think about my free TV? <laughs> so awesome. It's a showstopper. It really is. Yeah, anybody that walks in that room is going to go, whoa. Yeah. That's a big TV. I'm like, don't touch it because it might kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it's teetering on the fireplace. Yeah. Don't blow on it. Yeah, it's very, very intricate <clears throat> balance. Now, one thing we talked about was um, how you, you have an Apple TV and uh but you oh, can't yes. but you can't uh use it because you've lost the remote yeah. right well uh cassidy wrote in uh, with some suggestions for you she says okay. that in the current podcast you mentioned that you lost your remote for your apple tv i just said that <laughs> there is an app for the apple tv remote in the app store you can control your apple tv apple tv from your phone yes is this what you, you did? can no, oh. it's not what I did. <laughs> I went on Amazon and bought a $9 remote and it works Nine. perfectly. Um, but I also did put the the TV remote app on, on my phone. Oh, so I can do both. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Of course, everything's all connected with the, if it's an Apple device and you have an iPhone, it's all connected. Yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah. But, and then the robot will be able to tr- change the TV for you. Oh God, yes, the robot can do it. <laughs> the one thing, so I have this app called Marco Polo and it's basically... You can fa- you can video message with people back and forth. So it's like Voxer, but, but with, with video. video. So yeah. it's like a walkie-talkie with video. Yeah, that's and, cool. And it's and it's fun. Um, and a couple of my girlfriends, uh, we do it back and forth. Well, I, because I was connected with a TV remote and on the same Wi-Fi, it fucking started playing through the TV my personal messages. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, shit i only get off of of wi-fi so good thing pornhub.com wasn't queued up on your phone right mommy what are they doing what's that noise what's that sound (laughs) it's the olympic jumping jacks so i just have to make sure when the the kids are downstairs and i'm upstairs i'm fucking around on my phone i gotta get off that wi-fi lucky wi-fi All right. I think that's going to do it for today. Unless you have right. something else you want to talk about. I don't think so. I think we covered everything. Yeah. I, I, I do have a Dr. Prod letter that isn't time sensitive, uh, but it's going to take quite a while. So I wanted Ooh. to, I, I just came in today, so I didn't want to, I don't want to just rush through it. I don't, yeah. don't want to give it justice as it's deserved. So yeah. um, we'll have a nice juicy Dr. Prod letter for you next week. Until next time. Namaste, fuckers. The Rad. <laughs> Yes.